0: Go ahead and pray. Y'all ready? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true, always on time. Thank you, Father, for allowing the people that you have here this morning, Father, receive it freely. Thank you for opening up their eyes to all that you have done for them. Father, bless them as they rest here this morning and they receive the good news. We look forward to all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, let the church say Amen. amen. All right, so here's a very, very, ooh, let me get through this. I forgot. We're gonna come back to that. I believe Jesus knows, right? How many of you guys know that He knows? <laughs> he knows. Say He knows. You know when we have a hard time saying He knows is when we're going through something, right? When we're going through something, it's, it's more like, "Where are you? What's going on?" Right? So this morning we're gonna find out through Scripture. That even uh, when we're going through something, we think that Jesus is so far away, but He actually draws near to us. He He actually comes closer to us when we're going through some some tough spots. We're continuing our series on uh, on what it means when you're like discouraged and you're stressed and you have no hope. And this is just another one of those messages that is meant to encourage you. Y'all ready to be encouraged? All right. So, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news, right? Uh, a lot of people claim to preach the gospel, the good news, but uh, sometimes it's mi- it's a it's more of a mixture of the gospel, right? It's it's uh, it's yeah, Jesus died for you, but now you got to go to work. Amen. That's that's what it is. Jesus did die for you. You are forgiven, but if you don't start working, you could lose that card. Anybody feel like that sometimes? If you're not if you're not performing, if you're not uh, if you're not out there doing something for the Lord. Uh, you know, you're just, you're just a sideline Christian. You're back pew Baptist, you know, all those terms we heard, but as you have found out, the more you rest in who he is, the more he works because when you work, he will sit back and rest. But when you rest, he goes to work on your behalf and then you will hear him clearly. We see this with Mary and Martha. We see that, that Martha was busy trying to serve, right? But Jesus said that Mary had chosen the right thing to do. What was Mary doing? She was sitting at his feet. All she could do was is, is sit there and receive everything that he was saying to her. Mar- Martha was over here trying to get busy and trying to and then she started blaming her sister and Jesus for not doing anything. Anybody ever have uh, another believer say that you're not doing enough? Yeah, I used to be that guy that would say that, you know, cuz I was doing it. And if I'm doing it, you should be doing it. That's the mentality that religion brings. But the more I learn to rest, man, I tell people all the time when they come to this church, even their visit, I'm like, just rest and receive. The gospel is that Jesus died for your sins and he rose again to justify you. You have been made righteous and it's not anything you could do. You you couldn't do it. People say you got to you got to repent before uh, God will bless you. Is that true? How good were people when Jesus came? Were they perfect? Were they not sinning? Were they good? No. And, and, and even though they, uh, God sent the best that heaven had to offer while people were still sinning. So that just blows that whole mentality away that you got to be good for God to bless you. So the gospel is this, right? Paul calls it this in Acts. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. So Paul calls it the gospel of the grace of God. Now Paul is a is, is the gospel preacher. He's the gospel guy in scripture. He wrote 13 letters, right? And they're all about it. Now, he, God chose him. God chose him because he knew the law better than anybody. And he'd be able to translate I'm gonna take this off because she's starting to answer questions. He would be able to translate. He God could open his eyes to all the Old Testament stuff that pointed to Jesus because he knew the Old Testament. Amen. So Paul calls it now the gospel of grace. So now this is not, now this is still going. So now, brethren, I commend you. This is down from it, right? A couple of verses down. So now, brother, I commend you to God and to the word of His grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are being sanctified so anyway he's he's commending us to what the law to going back to the law no uh to some different kind of gospel no he's commending us to the word of god's grace you know why because it'll build you up it'll it'll build you up that was no one yeah Yes, it was. You want the oil? <laughs> For yourselves? <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I need it sometimes. Holy moly, boy. Uh, Galatians 1, very important verse, right? 6 and 7. I marvel. This is Paul saying, I marvel. I'm like dumbfounded. I, I that, that you were turning away so soon from him who called you. In the grace of Christ. He's like, man, I can't believe that you're turning away from the grace of Christ. People were trying to come back into the church of Galatia and bring the law in, try to mix it up a little bit. And Paul says, man, I am just dumbfounded that you would turn so quickly away from the grace of Christ. Back to something different. See, the grace of Christ to a different gospel. You know what that means? Anything that is not the grace of Christ is a different gospel. You believe that? And it's talking about if you try, in the context, these guys were trying to bring the law back in. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this to be blessed. And Paul's saying, man, that's a different gospel. The gospel is the grace of Christ, right? Which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. So anything that perverts the gospel of Christ is a different gospel. Pervert perverted. What's perverted? Anything that's not the grace of Christ. Think about that. How'd you grow up? How'd you grow up listening about Jesus, about God? Anything that is not the grace of Christ is perverted. Isn't that amazing? I always was told that it's the grace preachers t- are perverting the gospel. We just read a few verses that tell us the exact opposite, right? That that's how that's how much Satan wants to blind you. I believe I was a good person early on in my Christian life. I I believe that that I was saved and even if I wasn't got good, that God would make all things good, but but man, I'm telling you, it wasn't until my eyes were opened up. Satan didn't want me to see this. Satan don't want anybody to see this. He wants you feeling condemned when you don't do right. And ashamed and guilty because you can get your head down and you become ineffective. And even if you start trying to do things and work for God, you're still ineffective because you're doing it out of guilt. Amen? All right, let's move on. Matthew chapter 12, very important. But when when Jesus knew it, he withdrew from there and a great multitude followed him and he healed them all. Everybody that came to Jesus got healed. Jesus had time to heal people. He healed everybody. He never turned one person away. You think he's different today? (laughs) Nope. He healed them all, yet he warned them not to make him known that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Now, Isaiah the prophet could have said, and he has said a bunch of stuff about the Messiah, about Jesus. But this is one thing that really stuck out. Of all the things that the prophet Isaiah could have said about Jesus, look what he says right here, man. It's unbelievable. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, my beloved in whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he will declare justice To the Gentiles, right? He will not quarrel nor cry out, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. A bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax he will not quench till he sends forth justice to victory. Now, what in the world does that last verse mean? What is a bruised reed? You walk along the, the River Jordan, and, and they're a dime a dozen. They're all over the place. You know what they are? They, they make kids make little flutes out of them. They're sticks. Hollow on the inside. They make little flutes out of them. And if they break, you throw it away, get another one. Old men would make canes out of them. And they'd walk with them. If they, if they broke, guess what? Throw it away, get another one. That's, a, that's what a read is. Bruise literally means broken. In the Greek, it's Broken. In other words, when you are broken and maybe your song is gone, you can't play the flute anymore. Jesus doesn't toss you aside. He doesn't leave you there because there's a dime a dozen. He doesn't say next up. He cares for you. People would say, hey, man, if you don't do it, got to get somebody else to do it. That's true. But he's not going to leave me. He's not going to be laid on the side of the road like I'm a useless person. A tool, Jesus will never leave you. That's what a bruised reed, uh, he will not break. He won't just leave it there. He, you are still qualified. If you've been broken, you have a purpose. Amen. Say, I have a purpose. That's the truth. Jesus will never leave you on the side, even when you mess up, right? Uh, a smoking flax, he will not quench. What is a smoking flax? It's a it's a it's a candle. The flax is the wick, usually made out of linen. Right? And, and if that thing gets down to the bottom, guess what they do? If if it can't get lit anymore from the oil, they toss it. Put another one in. Well, guess what? When you're as a wick and you're not useful anymore, they just toss it. Listen, Jesus will not quench that. You're not, he's not just gonna throw you away like they did those linen wicks. Right? And, and, and if you smoke, nobody likes to be around the smoke. It stinks. Doesn't it? Yes? Anybody like that? That that smell? It's like going to the subway. Like, listen, sometimes based on what I'm wearing, I won't eat at subway. But like if I know I got to go to a meeting, I'm like, no, I ain't going to the subway. You ever been in the office and you're like, all right, who went to Subway? <laughs> you can smell that jump. Oh, I love this. So he doesn't throw you away. He doesn't disqualify you until he sends forth justice to victory. He and Instead, when you feel like you've been disqualified, you feel like you're not useful anymore, he's going to give you victory. Justice to victory. Amen? You. All right, so what does he do when you are discouraged? Anybody ever been discouraged? hopeless what does jesus do well let's look at first king 19 we went over this story a little bit last week uh ahab jezebel right you guys know king ahab king ahab was a king who didn't care what happened he's like you want to do that do that you want to do that do that do you he's like you do you he was the king of you do you (laughs) jezebel she wasn't having it jezebel was wicked evil right and uh I already told you about my dog. All right. Uh, and Ahab told Jezebel. So so they just had a great victory, right? Uh, a great victory where, where where you had the 450 Baal prophets and you had uh, uh, Isaiah, right? Uh, Elijah, sorry. Elijah over here. Uh, 450 Baal prophets, Elijah. And they were trying to get their God to do it, right? To come down and kill the bull. And Elijah was just over here laughing, talking smack, right? He's like, he's just talking smack. That's the way I read the Bible. You could read it differently. Um, So, Ahab, after that victory, Ahab told Jezebel, oh, and then he prayed for it to rain because there was a drought there and it rained, right? So, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done, right? Was it good or bad? It was good because they had a drought, but now they had rain. Uh, Also how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. She's like, you're going to be dead by tomorrow. Right? She was mad. He just had a great victory. I mean, a great victory. The people turned back to God. All the people did. And he going to let this woman scared a pea liquor out of them. What is pea liquor? <laughs> Have anybody ever heard that? Where'd that come from? Anybody ever heard that? No? What is pea liquor? Thank you, Lord. The Lord. That was a word for somebody. It won't come back void All right, so uh, And when he saw that, when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. See that? He just had a great victory where he was on the rock talking smack. And all of a sudden now, because she says something, he's afraid. He's scared. You ever had that mountaintop experience and then something happens and you go to the valley? That's exactly the way. He's no different than us. Uh, and he went to Beersheba, where, uh, which belongs to Judah, and left his servant there. Uh, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, is it enough? Now, Lord, take my life for I am no better than my father's. Aren't you glad sometimes God doesn't answer those prayers? <laughs> That's how I mean. You're like, God, I, I, God never answered. Well, I, it's a good thing God didn't answer that prayer. Amen. Now, it's, it's even better because Elijah actually never did die. No, God gave him something even better. He's like, you're not ever going to die. He went straight to heaven. Uh, then he uh, lay down and slept under a broom tree. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, arise and eat. Now, the angel word there in the Greek is a capital A, messenger from God. That is a, uh, that is a picture of Jesus. That is Jesus, the messenger of God. All right? A capital A is always a messenger of, G- of God and it's Jesus. Okay. Now, what you don't know before this, what you may not know before this, Uh, Before that great victory, uh, Elijah was out in the wilderness, right? But his faith was strong, and God sent ravens to feed him. God sent a widow to feed him. And I want you to see that when his faith was strong, God used ravens and God used a widow. He uses people and things to, 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 to encourage you. But when his faith was weak and he was discouraged, God actually sent Jesus to feed him. So it's one thing when our faith is strong and we're walking on that mountain, God will send people to encourage you. But when you're discouraged, God will send Jesus to encourage you and feed you. That's exactly what he did here. Um, then he looked and there by his head was a cake baked on coals. Jesus is the greatest baker. Right? baked on coals in a jar of water. And he ate and drank and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back the second time and touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. So he arose and ate and drank and he went in, in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights as far as Herod, the mountain of God. Now, I want you, the whole point of that story is to see that when he was so dejected, When he was without hope, when he was scared for his life, when he wanted to die. I mean, honestly, does it get any lower than that when you want to take your own life? That's how bad it was. And God didn't just send somebody. He sent Jesus. Amen? It's beautiful. What about this story? Uh, Luke 24, another example. Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, right? Which was seven miles from Jerusalem. See the... uh, the same day, what day is that? That's the day Jesus rose. Is that an important day? Now, these guys were walking back. Now, they were disciples, right? They were right there with them. They saw Jesus get killed on a cross. And in their mind, if you go on reading, they're thinking, man, we thought Jesus was the one. All their hope was gone. They put all their hope in Christ, and and He died up there, and they watched it. And so they're walking back, discouraged. They're walking back. They're leaving the church and going back home. Now, if they'd have stayed at the church, they could have been encouraged by the church. How many of you guys have walked away from the church because you were discouraged, and you're walking back, and you feel like there's no hope for you? There's no hope for your family? At church, everything's great, but at some point, i got to go back home. And they're going back hopeless, discouraged. And and the Bible says that And they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. So in the midst of their doubt, in the midst of their discouragement, Jesus himself drew near. Is he the same today, church? Yeah, he, he it's not like he changed. If you're discouraged, he wants you, he wants to be there for you. He's there for you. All right. Psalm 147, verse 3 and 4. Look at this. I want you to look at verse 4 real quick first. What does it say? He counts the number of stars, he calls them by name. Now only God could do that. There's billions of stars. He counts them, he knows them by name. That's a big God, amen. But look in the context of the verse right before. It. Even though he's that big, look at the context. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. That big old God that can name every star knows that you're brokenhearted. And he knows that he can heal that and he can, and he can bind up your wounds. He wants you to know even though he's that big, he cares about you. Amen. I love that uh, Luke uh, 14 this is um, one of my favorite stories right we, we there's so much you can get I mean the Bible is a is a living document right it's a lie. you can get something all the time out of these things but this is the story of the of the woman who anointed Jesus feet okay uh, she was a a, a known uh, prostitute amen she was a great sinner and uh, there was a Pharisee who invited Jesus. So this is where we pick it up. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are not... Wait, this is the wrong one, man. I sent you the wrong one. No, no, that's my fault. Bam. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Sorry. <laughs> oh, I just... I sent you a a verse too soon. Yeah, my bad. All right, and behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, right? When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she knew. The question is, how did she know where that Pharisee's house was? How'd she have his address? You know what I'm saying? Y'all ever read that? All the ladies are like, yeah, yeah. How does she know? This has nothing to do with me. But that prostitute knew where that Pharisee lived. (laughs) Uh, She brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. And wiped them with her hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Uh, Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself. He spoke to himself. He spoke to himself. Like he didn't say it out loud, right? Spoke to himself. This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him. For she is a sinner. In the original, she is a great sinner. And unfortunately... That's a lot of churches around the world today that coming from the pulpit, man, you cannot sit in here because you are in sin. This couple, beautiful couple, been dating since high school, but now they're living together. Well, they're not going to keep nursery anymore. They're not going to be able to serve up here anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Have you heard that before? They're disqualified because they're living in sin. What question do we always ask? Who isn't living in sin? If we did that for everybody that was living in sin, this place would be empty. Amen? Especially starting right there. <laughs> hey, it'd be empty up here too, brother. I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. <laughs> uh, Pastor DeWayne be the only one in this church. I got you, bro. I got you. (laughs) All right. Uh, So this man, if we did that, and Jesus answered and said, remember, he said it to himself, but Jesus heard it. Jesus knows. Jesus knows, right? And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one owed 500 denarii, the other 50. Right. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you had judged rightly, rightly judged. Right. So uh, he was speaking Simon's language, which was money. Right. He's a Pharisee. He's money. And he was speaking his language. And, 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 and he said, man, who would be more happy? The one that was forgiven more? or less the one that was forgiven more right uh and then he turned to the woman and said to Simon now I love that don't just skip over that he turned to the woman on her knees and spoke to the religious guy looking at the great sinner isn't that beautiful picture of what our Jesus does he turns away he's like man I can't stand religion but I love the sinner Do you see this woman? I entered your house. Do you see this woman? The woman he's looking at, she's looking at him and he's talking to Simon. Do you see this woman? She's on her knees going, knowing that they're talking about her. But Jesus's heart is for her, right? Uh, I entered your house, you gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair for her head. Back in the day, that's what happened. You would travel in your in your sandals, and, and it was etiquette, proper etiquette, to, to wash your visitor's feet with water, right? And so she came in and did that. Uh, you gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. He's talking to Simon, right? Therefore, therefore, I say to you, who's he talking to? The religious guy. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to him who uh, little is forgiven, the same loves litter. litter. Listen, what he's saying is the more you know you're forgiven, the more you're going to love him. But if you think you're forgiven little, that's how much you'll love him, is little. That's the gospel. The gospel is man, the more you focus on his love for you and you know how much he loves you, the more you're going to love him back. People say, You got to love God. You got to love God. You got to love him with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength. And you're like, How? How does somebody do that? Here's the answer nobody can do it, none of y'all can do it. Jesus can, he did, and he did it for you. He checked that box. And the more you understand, it's something, one thing for me to sit up here and tell you, you got to love God. It's another thing to tell you how forgiven you are that will make you love God even more. That's why we preach that message. That's the good news. That's the gospel. God loves you. God loves you. Not you got to get right, but God loves you. Amen that's what this whole thing is about. She was a great sinner. See, the old covenant was like that. The old covenant, repentance leads to his blessings. You had to repent of your sin in order to be blessed by God. But the new covenant is the exact opposite. The new covenant is his blessings lead to repentance. He gives you freely Jesus, which leads you to change your mind. That's what it means. Repent. Change your mind about who he is. In other words, I used to know I had to get right to be blessed. But now I know because I'm blessed, God, because I know I'm right by Jesus, I am blessed. It's the completely changed. That's what old and new is. Somebody tried to preach to you from the old covenant. Old, if it's old, it's not for you. Think about that. If it's old, it's not for you. I ain't talking about Relationships. Ms. Bennett, don't do it to them. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The old covenant, the old rules, the old law is not for you. The new covenant is for you. The Bible says I'm a new creation. Old things have what? Passed away. Anybody dig up old family members and walk around with them and introduce them at parties? Hey, this is my mom. She passed away. Amen. Don't bring up the law. Don't bring it back. Keep it buried in the coffin. You know that's what the word for "art" literally means—coffin. The law was put in the coffin for a reason. You lift up the lid to a coffin, it ain't gonna be pretty. People died in Raiders of the Lost Ark, and in the Bible, we saw that a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? All right, almost wrap it up. John 11. Uh, then, when, oh, this is so cool, I just saw it. look. Then when Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, he she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Anybody remember the story of Lazarus? He died. He was in the, they, they buried him, put him away. Jesus took his time getting there because Jesus is always on time. To us, it's like, where were you? Jesus knew what he was doing, right? And he was on his way to raise up Lazarus. He said, uh, therefore, when Jesus saw her weeping, saw her weeping, she was crying. She's discouraged. Jesus saw her weeping. He groaned in in, in the spirit and was troubled. Uh, And he said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. And what happened? Jesus wept. And I told you, back when I was in fourth grade, I lived in Arredondo Estates, a trailer park next to Oak Park Baptist Church. And they would bring the bus out there to try to get us to come to church. And uh, (laughs) they finally got wise because it used to be this old dude that came out there to pick us up. But then they sent this college ministry chick. You understand? And when you're a little kid, you're like, whoa, where's that church at? So I started going. (laughs) for all the right reasons <laughs> but they did this uh they did this this thing at church if you memorize the verse they give you a whole Hershey bar this should tell you something about the kind of kid i was so <laughs> i found out the shortest verse in the bible it wasn't john 3:16 it was jesus wept <laughs> I'm like, what are we doing next week? <laughs> it's a side note. All right, let's go. Uh, Jesus wept. <laughs> oh, and then the Jews said, "See how he loved him." They're talking about Lazarus. He wept, and they said, "See how he loved him." Um, but he. Oh wait, see how he loved him. you can go and read that whole story. But here's the here's the thing. Did was Jesus crying because Lazarus died? No, he wasn't. If you knew you were about to raise somebody from the dead, you're not going to cry. Why was Jesus weeping? Because Mary was weeping. Why did it trouble his spirit? Because Mary was weeping. In other words, the more you are weeping, I want you to know that Jesus knows that. And he comforts you by knowing. The best counselor will not just, you know, if you come to somebody and you're upset and stuff, and, and, and you get somebody that says, hey, man, you just need to suck it up. Right? That's not a very good counselor. If someone comes and you emphasize with how they're feeling, like, man, I know that. That sucks. That hurts. I know. I, I can't imagine. Right? That's a different kind of thing. And so that's the counselor Jesus is. He's the perfect counselor. And so when someone comes weeping, he feels that. He feels that the best counselor can feel what you're going through. And you know he can feel it. By the way he responds. And the way he the way he helps you and comforts you, right? So he wasn't crying because Lazarus died. He was crying because it affected Mary so. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Is he the same today? Yeah, he's the same today. And meanwhile, he he points at the the burial site. He says, Lazarus, what? Come forth, right? And aren't you glad he just said Lazarus? If he just said come forth, all them cats would have been coming out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. This is thriller.
0: (laughs) Don't you know some of them cats were disappointed too? They're like, why just Lazarus? (laughs) Anyway, uh, (laughs) we're almost done. This is it. I promise. We're almost done. You remember when he had to go to the well to meet the woman at the well? She had five husbands. She was living with one, right? And, and I love this part. I'm just going to show you one verse out of that whole story. But it says he needed to go through Samaria. There was a woman who needed help and he needed to go through Samaria. He could have easily went a shorter distance. In fact, it was it was about a half a day's shorter journey if he have went directly to where he was going. But he had needed to go through Samaria because he knew there was somebody there that needed him, right? That's chapter four. If you look at chapter three, now, that was a, a Samaritan woman, right, who, a great sinner, according to the Jews. There was a man, this is the, the chapter right before it. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come, uh, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him, right? So this religious person, Came to Jesus at night. But Jesus went to this sinful woman living in sin. Jesus went to her at midday. Think about that. Religion, they come, you come to Jesus. There's no relationship there. In fact, he'd go on to say, Man, I'm surprised you're a ruler and you don't know this stuff. Right? He failed to understand what the gospel is all about. The gospel is just is just a 16, 15 verses down from this it says, for God so loved the world not the Jewish people, not the church God loves the world God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life is that the message that we preach from here or is that the message we preach at the end after we condemn everybody we condemn people and we say by the way Jesus loves you like, really? That's not what I heard for the last 50 minutes. I feel like I'm disqualified. I feel like he's condemned me. I feel like there's no use for me anymore. I feel like he can't use me anymore because I'm a broken reed, smoking flask, great sinner, prostitute. That's what we hear. That's what it feels like. But man, this is the gospel. God loves the world. Cosmos is what it says. Stop talking about just the. He loves the cosmos, the whole world, and everything in it. He loves all the people, all the people, all them people. All of them. God loves them. We disqualify them. More importantly, we disqualify ourselves because we let Satan get in here and say, Man, you can't do this. If that was me, listen, I used to be an alcoholic, I was addicted to pills. I was not a good dude in relationships i heard a lot of people a lot of people but if i look back and meditate on that i disqualify myself but i want you to see what god can do with your life that he can use you to encourage people to bless people i love what pastor d says all the time man there is no testimony without a test and all those tests we went through were for a great purpose For you to be able to stand up here and give glory to God. I used to think that God was going to get glory based on how he created this body. But now I know. It's the stuff I went through. Amen. What's so funny, Bert? You got something you want to say? Wait, where's the mic? You know that I'm joking. Please don't send an email. Okay? Kind of joking. This cat ain't got time for it. We got to know God loves you. He, he created you. Do you think that the stuff you went through that caught God by surprise, like God goes, I didn't see that coming. He knew it was coming. He knew it was coming. And he wants you to know that even though he knew that was coming and you chose that route, It doesn't mean you're disqualified. He's going to lift you back up and get you back going. Listen, the woman that came to him and anointed his feet was a prostitute. But he didn't look at religion. He looked at her in the eyes and said, though her sins are many, though she's made bad choices, though though, though she, she feels like she has no help, I want her to know she's forgiven she's forgiven. And the woman they brought to them threw down, threw her down in the middle of all these men, these religious men outside the temple, threw her down because she was caught in the act. By the way, with another Pharisee, I believe, because you don't hear about the dude. They're just focused on her sin. Threw her down, threw her down in front of everybody. Can you imagine the guilt, the shame? They drug her through the streets naked. She's bawling her eyes out. They throw her down. She thinks she's about to die because by the law she should be stoned. But what saved her is the one who wrote the law was there. And what did he do? He looked at her. He looked at her and said, Woman, where are those who condemn you? Where are those accusers? Because by that time they were gone. And I love that he looked at her. And I believe he looked at her and he had to lift up her face to look at her and tell her when she said, they're nowhere. My accusers, my condemners, they're nowhere. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Imagine hearing that from Jesus face to face in the midst of your discouragement and your your hopelessness. And you disqualifying yourself. And and Jesus looking at you, he, he treats her no different than he treats us. He's not a respecter of persons, the Bible says. He, he looked at her and said, neither do I condemn you. Now go and sin no more. And you know what gave her the power to go and sin no more? Jesus gave her the gift of no condemnation first. Now the church has got it backwards. They say, don't sin anymore and you won't be condemned. But Jesus had it this way. Don't you want to follow Jesus? He's There's no condemnation for you. Now go and sin no more. So whenever we receive the gift of no condemnation, That helps us to go and sin no more. you got to remember that, church. You're not condemned. He doesn't condemn you. All right, that's one. one. Matthew 6, 8. Therefore, do not uh, be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask them. That's how God knows. God knows that. He knows what you need even before you ask Him. We don't have to be like the birds and wonder what's going to happen. We don't have to wonder what clothes we're going to wear, what we're going to eat. We don't have to do any of that. We just got to know that God knows. God knows. There's a verse, and you can see on the back of your bulletin, you can read it. It says, uh, it's, I think it's in a Proverbs, and it talks about how you can put a smile on your face but still have sorrow in your heart. Is that true? So when you, when you think that your, your sorrow is 't showing you got to know that God knows man. and he loves you just like he loved that that uh, Mary he loved Mary and he wept his soul hurtful we got to know that's how he feels about us amen church all right would you rise with me as we uh, get ready to pray and uh, and and let the spirit just kind of move through our church family I want you to know. That no matter what kind of sorrows you were going through, what kind of trouble you're going through, you might be discouraged, you might feel discouraged. He knows. He's right there with you. And I want you to start saying that. He knows. He knows. Like the moment you're going through it. He knows. And, and, and just saying he knows, you know what, you know what that means in those, in those two words? It means you know that God's gonna take care of you. You know that he's gonna make it work for you. You know he's not gonna leave you. He, he knows. That means he's going to take care of it and it's going to work out good for me because the Bible says that. The Bible says that that all things, all things work together for your good. He knows that I'm sorrowful and he, he knows that I'm in need. He knows that I don't have peace right now. He's your peace. He doesn't just know. Guess what? He has all the answers. Jesus is the answer for everything you go through. And the more we focus on him and who he truly is for us, don't don't tell yourself that you're going through this because of something you did. Amen? Don't tell yourself that the reason your kids are doing this is because you raised them that way and you look back at all the mistakes you made. Don't do that. That's not for you. It's not. God will teach your children. God promises your children, you raise them up, God will bring them back. They'll come back. Our faith is in him, not in our actions. So be blessed today, church, knowing that God is for you, that he knows what you're going through, and he's going to see it through. He always does. Amen. I know all. I can just see the face. I know the concerns of the people in this church. I know my concerns. I want you to know I'm saying this not because I do it all the time. I'm saying this because we need to encourage one another and be reminding one another of that. If God puts it on your heart to text somebody and tell them, hey, God knows, send that text god knows and i'm right there with you i'm praying with you right i love that the footprint story where jesus is walking and he looks back and the guy sees one set of footprints and jesus was carrying him during that time yeah man focus on things like that focus on the fact that jesus is right there with you and he knows and he always draws near to you never leaves you he will never leave he will always take care of you amen all right um i'm gonna bring pastor d up he's gonna pray and uh, and then we receive that blessing as he prays over you. And by the way, the music that was picked out this morning, I usually send my message to Pastor Dwayne Saturday, right? Early or late, depends on. I send it to him. <laughs> and, I, and I don't really know the songs that he's going to play. He doesn't know the message that's coming. But I love how the Lord works it all together, right? God knows. God knows. And it's like all the songs this morning went directly with this message. And, and, and we can come to the altar. We can, we can find His grace there. We can get wisdom from Him. We know who He is. Right? When we're here, He's always here. So I want you guys in the same spirit as, as loving on one another. I want you guys to picture your father doing that with you all the time. All the time. The Holy Spirit's in you. The Holy Spirit gives you that love hug. When you're going through something, Turn the TV off when you're going through something. Uh, uh, turn the radio off. Sit down. Open up the Word of God. Put on some worship music. Watch your spirit change just like that. The enemy doesn't want you to do that. That's why it's the last thing you want to do is put on worship music when you're going through something. Because he knows when you're reminded of who he is and how just how in control he is, it'll bring peace to you. Try it. We've tried everything else. Try putting on some worship music and just sitting down and receiving from the Lord. Amen?
1: All right, let's Amen. Let's pray, church. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word today. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you are a God who is all-knowing and you're and all-knowing, all-powerful, and you're always present. Father, you're always with us. We thank you, Father, for your promise that you would never leave us nor forsake us, Lord. And although we go through tough times, we go through uh, rough seasons, Lord, you are always there with us. Your word says, There are yea, that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God, we can fear no evil. Why? Because we know that you are with us and you are for us. And we thank you, Lord, that if God be for us, then who could be against us? We thank you, Father, for the victory that you have given us. We thank you, God, for reminding us of that victory. We thank you, Lord, for every opportunity, God, to, to give us, to uh, to encourage one another, Father, to be together, to to just build each other up, Father, to love on each other. God, we thank you for what you've done uh, amongst us today, Father, with the opportunity you've given us to not only worship you and to bring our burdens and lay them down at your feet, but also to hear your word, Father, as you spoke to our hearts and you spoke to our minds and you spoke to our situations. We thank you, Father, for equipping us with that word uh, so that we could, Uh, again, speak that word out, speak life over ourselves, over our loved ones, over our families, over our circumstances. We can look to Jesus, the the author and the finisher of our faith, the one who is the lover of our souls and the lifter of our heads, and, and be encouraged, be strengthened, be edified. And so, God, we bless you. We ask, God, that you just continue to lead us and guide us in the way that we should go, Father. We thank you for ordering our steps and for causing us to prosper in all things, even in our health just as our souls prosper. God, we bless you. We thank you. And we thank you, Father, again, for the opportunity that you give us to uh, to demonstrate the love of God one to another and to those who are uh, outside of these four walls, God. We thank you for those divine appointments, God, this week. We ask, God, that you would line them up, God, that you would set us up for success, Father, uh, just to be able to share the goodness of God. And we just bless your name. In Jesus' name, we pray. Let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed.